Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Talking of pretty good players, Root. Oh, that's understated. Well, let me put a bit more mayo on it. There were five inductees into the Port Adelaide Football Club Hall of Fame last night. Peter Obbs, Chad Corns, Rowan Smith and the board from 1990 to 1994. And a gentleman, and he is, called Roger Delaney, who played 208 Sandful games for the Port Adelaide Football Club. And uh, this is frustrating as an old eagle. A six-time premiership player. Deserved more. They deserved more, did he? You're damn greedy. Roger joins us now. Roger, congratulations. Thanks, Kim. Hey, Rich. How are you? We're pleased to have you on the show, Roger, and congratulations. You deserve it. Yeah. Thanks very much, mate. It's um, It was a great honour. Something that um, you don't really expect that... uh, um, I was just blown away when I was told about it, and we just had a magnificent night last night. So, yeah, it was great. Just between us, should have it been you Mm -hmm. before George Fiacci? Definitely. Is that the order it should have been? Yeah, I always always thought so. I mean, you looked after him, didn't you? Yeah, I did look after him a little bit. But, no, I I always talk about that. Um, You know, we always sort of have a bit of fun with it. But uh, he was always there for me too, Roach. So don't worry about that. He was, but you were Batman and he was Robin. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. You know that, Rog. Um, how did it'll, it all always, st- it'll always be the case. <laughs> how did it start for you? Let's go back. How did it start for you becoming a Port Adelaide mm. player? What happened in all the juniors? Um, well, I was at Port Districts and I played um, I played senior footy. I went up and played senior footy when I was uh, 16 and at, at Port Districts and um, had a year there and Port were pretty keen to get me down to down in Albert and Oval. I was a bit reticent at times. I liked, just like playing with my mates, you know, and mm. Being at Port Districts, and um, but yeah, went there and uh, sort of 1983. I was um, I was straight into the reserves team, and uh, um, I was lucky enough. I, you know, this is something else you talk about premierships, but we actually won a premiership in the reserves that year. So um, my first year there as a 17 year old, you know, donned a premiership medallion in the reserves. So it was a good start. Roger, you were part of that super group winning those premierships that made Port Adelaide have a forceful discussion point about going to the AFL, but then you didn't get to enjoy the spoils of it by being a power player. How, how does that sit with you, that you build up this football club to be an AFL entity, but then didn't get to enjoy the AFL game with it? Uh, I'm OK with that, Rich. I think by the time when... I talked about it with a few people last night and in 19... 19- between '94 and '96, mm-hmm. and particularly '94, there was a um, you know there was a lot of pressure on us to actually do well and, and you know win the premiership if, if we could. And but we felt that it was you know our obligation to do that too, and we gave everything we could um, to do that, and then to continue winning too because it was one thing about winning in '94, and I was really happy when the board um, were uh, inducted last night and Bucky. Um, and Greg Bolton spoke, and they spoke about that period where it was one thing to go, okay, well, they're winners, they won 1994, but they, everyone had to continue to look at us as winners. So mm-hmm. 95 and 96 were really important to us too. So, um, 
Yeah, we, we were. We knew. You know, we knew we were sort of. At, you know, there's probably a few people. George probably thought he could still play, but uh, <laughs> yeah. there was, there was, you know, there was, there was a few of us around that were, you know, that 28, 29, and knowing that wasn't coming until 1997, yeah. it's, um, it was pretty clear to us, but uh, it didn't matter. Roger, you weren't there when the storm really hit in 1990. You were at Fitzroy. What was that experience like? Yeah, and how did you get to Fitzroy? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an interesting one. I had uh, I had a few clubs um, looking at me, so uh, and I was hoping, in, in fact, uh, to go. So my great mate Andrew Wobbs, whose father yes. was inducted mm. last night as well, um, he was going to Melbourne, and we were trying to wangle it so we'd both get there together. And Melbourne were keen. Um, Geelong was also keen at the time, but it just so happened that Fitzroy had the earlier draft pick. Yep. Um, so yeah, I went there and I missed, missed the 1990 premiership, but yeah. I, I wouldn't swap. And I got injured in the first game, first 15 minutes, of the first game, um, and pretty much didn't play again that year. And um, and that was it for me. But uh, you know, it was I wouldn't swap the experience for anything. I play, played and trained alongside some wonderful people that are still great mates to this this day. You know, like the the team that was there. You know, Paul Roos, Gary Pert, Richard Osborne, um, John Blakey, Ross Lyon, mm. these guys, Scotty Clayton. Matty Rendell, you know, who's still a good mate of mine today. And I'll see Purdy. I worked with Purdy for a long time. And, um, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to have 14, 15 months with those guys before. Um, and Butch Gale was another one who's a good mate that, um, before I was sent home. And that, that yeah. was uh, that was just the way it went. Yeah, we chat to Matty Rendell every uh, Wednesday night. And it's always an interesting chat. No, get uh, it just right. quickly. He talks to us. Yeah, he talks to us. We don't get a Get's, word in. It gets even more interesting <laughs> over a few beers. And when <laughs> we don't doubt it, Roger. <laughs> We, yeah. we we call him short story long. Yeah. Hey, uh, tell me that that one and only game though. Uh, who was it against and who did you stand? Uh, it was Essendon, and I was standing uh, Simon Madden and oh. Paul Salmon. Did he? So uh, it was a good start. They get any in that fifteen well, minutes or not? Uh, no, no. I actually uh, started yeah. really well, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and in fact, I, this is a little story I tell, but it was my fault that I got injured. I actually had Paul Salmon chasing me. And uh. I was, um, and I decided to take a bounce, yep. and I thought I'd hang on to it long enough so that I, after I kicked it, he'd actually I timed it for him yeah. to pull me down and get a free kick upfield, and and exactly what I thought happened happened, but um, I just ended up crumbling on my uh, ankle and then oh. yeah busted that and that was it. So mm. it was interesting. Roger, we were most concerned for you when the cholesterol test that you kept having then also exposed a cancer issue. You've fought that, won that battle. It, it, we can talk about everything you did in football, but surely that is one of the most testing moments of you in your life to go through that. Uh, yeah, very testing. And it's it's interesting when you first find out about it, it's one of those things that um, you don't actually quite believe. You know, yeah, you yeah. sort of, you know, this is okay, it's all right. But as, as, you, as you get into it a little bit more, um, you start to get a little bit worried about it. And the... the the closer I got to the operation, the, the more tests we were doing, the more that we realised that it was actually an aggressive cancer. Um, so the chance, there was you know, chances that it could have busted out of the prostate. Um, but so they had to cut extra, what they call extra margins around the area. Um, but you know, four years later, uh, um, you know, I'm fitting well, and I still get, I still have to have blood tests every mm. six months, but I feel great, you know. Yeah. Good. I'm really, um, you know, for, for 12 months afterwards, I was a little bit, I felt all right, but I was a little bit sort of, you know, people ask and, hey, I'm okay. And But now I just, any time anyone asks me, I just say I'm fantastic because 
I'm here, you know what? Yeah. So I'm always <laughs> feeling well great. Said. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Rog, you have uh, three lovely children. They come from a fair gene pool, yourself mm. and uh, your lovely wife, Jackie, was a former Australian netball international. The three kids, yep. have they got involved in sport? Yep. Yeah, um, so my oldest, uh, Yasmin, was a really, really good netballer. I felt that she probably felt the weight of the world on her mm. shoulders being Jackie's daughter. Um, so she gave away netball. Uh, and, and as it turns out, her knees pretty ordinary anyway but she gave away netball sort of when she was 16 17 uh the twins jada is an exceptional she's in the australian squad for as a netballer um and she's also um an exceptional afl player so she's in the brisbane lions um, academy uh cooper is a basketballer who's a state league basketballer uh, they're, they're 17 the twins and um he's probably just had to you know played his last basketball game and concentrating again and he's in the Brisbane Lions Academy and he's 195 centimetres and and runs the uh, runs the 2k time trials at 17 years of age at, you know in 630s and uh, beats most of the midfielders so um, there is a bit of talent there and we never know where they're going to end up we've never put pressure on them but mm. they love playing sport and we love we, we travel because they're on the sunny coast they now that they're um, doing quite well a lot of their stuff is in Brisbane so we do a lot of traveling with them to mm. Um, to get them to trainings and to games and all of that, but uh, we just love it. So Cooper's 195 centimetres. He may still be growing. Yep. You'd be acutely aware that uh, Port Adelaide and the AFL are desperate for a tall defender? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm acutely aware of it. I, I boys, <laughs> uh, when I was at training um, uh, at their camp, you know, we talked about both Cooper and Jada and um, Juliet Haslam, who's a, mm-hmm. a you know, good mate of mine through Andy. She's, uh, she's toured Jada through the, the club rooms and she constantly tries to tell her that, uh, hey, you need to give up that netball stuff. So, um, But look, who knows how good they are. Queensland, you know, I think from a women's perspective is, is really strong. From a men's perspective, you're lucky if you get two people drafted out of there yeah. every year. So, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty hard thing to do. And there's only 60 or 70 drafted every year. But um, he's, he's really still developing and growing and... Um, you know, he's developing his craft as well still. So he might be a few years away, um, but who knows? Who knows? And, Rog, the, the move to Queensland, was it personal or professional? No, it was personal. We, um, I was, I think I was 42 at the time, 43, and uh, we constantly, Jackie and I had talked about, we love the Sunshine Coast and maybe we'll retire there and all that. And I just went home one day and said, well, well you know, what are we waiting for? Why should we mm. wait to retire? Why don't we get the kids? And the twins were four at the time, just about to go to primary school. Yasmin, mm. 12, about to go to um, high school. And why don't we just do it? And, I, you know, Jackie, to my amazement, said, yep, all right. So we packed our bags. Um, I started a business up there until 13 years later. We're extremely happy. We love it. Everything's gone well. Um, so it's just a beautiful place to live. So, Roger, you put your heart and soul into Port Adelaide. Now, as you note there, you're in Queensland. How do you keep up with Port and how do you feel about Port at the moment? Uh, so how do I keep up? I, I watch everything, I read everything, but I'm really, really blessed. Um, people like Chris Davies, Matthew Richardson, mm. David Hutton, uh, they keep they keep me... They let me know um, when they're coming up. They, you know, if, they, if they're coming to play a game, they ring me. Hey, do you want to come? Do you want the family to come? Do you want to come in the rooms? Uh, you know, pre-season um, camps, they invite me to every day, so even the closed sessions. Um, and, you know, if I'm coming down, I just give them a call and, and they look after me. And 
they were all there last night, and I think what those men are doing, and Ken has been terrific mm-hmm. in that area, Ken Hinckley. Um, so they, it's just amazing how much involvement I've got being so long out of the game through people like that. Um, so I, I really love that part of it. And what do I think of them at the moment? I think, um, I think they've got a really cool group of young kids that are going to be there for a... It's sort of starting to remind me of what we did through that late 80s and 90s. Um, and I think that, you know, whether it's this year or, you know, the next few years, I think that they could really take off with these kids. So um, I mentioned last night in my speech that I just hope it's not too late for Travis Boat. You know, I mean, he yeah, could play yeah. for five years, who knows? Yeah. But what he's been for this club, I'd love to see a premiership for him before he leaves. So. We know how football clubs operate. There would have been a few tall stories last night, late in the night. How did you wake up this morning? Oh, not too bad. I was getting getting a bit older and get a bit dustier, but of course um, didn't have too many drinks before the speech. And then we, uh, <laughs> Rowan and George and Tim and myself and a couple of others went over um, to Strathmore for a few. But home by one thirty, which is pretty good for us. Right. Well, you're done. a new man. Well you're reborn. Well hey, yeah. look, we're live yeah. and interactive, Rod. So there's text coming through on zero four two seven one five four one double six. We'll give you one more before we let you go. This is from Mark. He says, "Afternoon, boys. Does Roger's son qualify for father son?" The answer to that is no. It's a big bugbear of a lot of Port Adelaide yeah. people. So you had to have 200 games by... Uh, and it's the only club you had to have 200 games. By 97. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I had 192. Ah. So I think at the end of 1997... Uh, was it 1996? Sorry, yeah, the, the end, end of 1996. Yeah. Daryl Borlase and myself both had 192 games. So as you know, Daryl's son went to the Crows and um, my son's eight games short as well. But... Yeah. The only club that has 200 games attached to a father-son, amazingly. And the obvious question, how would you feel if Cooper ended up at the Crows? Uh, <laughs> gee, I don't know how to answer that. Honestly. Um, let's say I'd just be really happy for him. If he was ever good enough to be uh, to play at that level, then you know wherever he got to would be would be fine by me. A beautiful be answer with hard. gritted teeth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I saw Graham Corns there last night and had a chat to him, and I know he's gritted his teeth through a lot, but uh, um, he's got, you know, he's had two fantastic sons play for our club, so I'm sure I could do it if it push came to shove. <laughs> hey, Rod, you are genuine and sincere congratulations. Mm. It's a wonderful acknowledgement and achievement uh, for your 208 games and all the service you gave the Port Adelaide Footy Club with six premierships. Congratulations on being in the Port Adelaide Football Club Hall of Fame. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Roger.